how does biomonitoring provide evidence of exposure to chemicals of concern? Let's focus on three takeaways that answer this question. One, biomonitoring identifies which chemicals of concern people are exposed to. Two, biomonitoring demonstrates that exposure to chemicals of concern is widespread. And three, biomonitoring provides evidence that regulated phase-outs of chemicals of concern likely reduce exposures. The first takeaway is, biomonitoring identifies which chemicals of concern people are exposed to. Although we can't see, smell, taste, or feel most chemicals of concern, we are continually exposed by inhaling, ingesting, and absorbing them via our air, water, food, and personal products. As evidence, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention shockingly detected through biomonitoring more than 250 chemicals of concern within the bodies of a representative group of almost 3,000 Americans. Biomonitoring measures the levels of chemicals of concern, or their metabolites, in samples of human tissues and or fluids, usually blood and or urine. A metabolite is a substance produced when the body alters or metabolizes the original chemical of concern. Chemicals of concern or metabolites detected in blood or urine samples can indicate the source and amount of exposure. In other words, biomonitoring of blood and or urine samples can suggest how much of and from where chemicals of concern likely got into a person's body. Detection of chemicals of concern that are persistent and bioaccumulative reflect exposures that likely occurred over several months or years. Comparatively, detection of chemicals of concern that are rapidly metabolized and excreted reflect exposures that likely occurred within the previous few days. Note that the detection of a chemical of concern in a person's blood or urine does not mean that it will cause adverse health effects in that person. Rather, the risk or probability a chemical of concern will cause adverse health effects is dependent on multiple factors, including, for example, the dose absorbed and a person's susceptibility. For some chemicals of concern, the association between known health risks and specific levels measured in blood or urine is well understood scientifically. However, for other chemicals of concern, more research is needed to determine the exact levels measured in blood or urine that pose health risks. The second takeaway is, biomonitoring demonstrates that exposure to chemicals of concern is widespread. As part of their biomonitoring program, the CDC publishes recurring reports summarizing their ongoing assessments of the U.S. population's exposure to chemicals of concern from air, water, food, and personal products. The most recent report published by the CDC lists more than 250 chemicals of concern detected in samples via biomonitoring, which include antimicrobials, bisphenols, disinfectants, flame retardants, fungicides, herbicides, insecticides, heavy metals, parabens, perchlorate, perfluorochemicals, pesticides, phenols, phthalates, phytoestrogens, polychlorinated bisphenols, polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, and volatile organic compounds. Some of the more than 250 chemicals of concern detected through biomonitoring conducted by the CDC have not been used in industry for decades because of their toxicity, but because of their persistence within air, water, and soil, and their bioaccumulation within the food chain, many Americans are still exposed to them routinely or at some point in their lives. Additionally, some of the detected chemicals of concern are still present in homes that were built decades before the chemicals of concern were voluntarily or mandatorily phased out of use in industry because of their toxicity. Lead is one of many examples of a chemical of concern previously used in building materials, interior finishes, and furnishings that has not been used for decades, yet still is commonly present in older existing homes. 
The CDC reports that lead was detected in 100% of the children sampled, ages 1 to 5, based on NHANES biomonitoring data from 2003 to 2004 and 2009 to 2010. Regarding lead, children's exposures are likely from various sources, including old paint, gasoline, plumbing fixtures, water pipe solder, and consumer products. Clearly, these biomonitoring measurements demonstrate that children are still routinely exposed to certain chemicals of concern, despite the chemicals of concern being voluntarily or mandatorily phased out decades ago. Recent biomonitoring studies demonstrate that most all U.S. pregnant women carry multiple chemicals of concern in their bodies, including chemicals of concern that haven't been used in industry for decades because of their toxicity. For example, researchers detected polychlorinated bisphenols, organochlorines, likely used as pesticides, perfluorochemicals, phenols, organophosphates, and organohalogens, including polybrominated diphenyl ethers, or PBDEs, likely used as flame retardants, phthalates, polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, and perchlorate in the bodies of 99% of the pregnant women biomonitored. Bisphenol A was identified in 96% of the pregnant women biomonitored. Concerningly, many of the more than 250 chemicals of concern detected through biomonitoring conducted by the CDC are currently in the products commonly used to build, furnish, and maintain homes. The third takeaway is, biomonitoring provides evidence that regulated phase-outs of chemicals of concern likely reduce exposures. For example, after a regulated phase-out of specific flame retardants in California, Biomonitoring showed a significant decline in the levels of flame retardants detected in women's breast milk, according to a study by the California Department of Toxic Substances Control, or DTSC. More specifically, in 2003, the state of California banned the sale of products containing two polybrominated diphenyl ethers, or PBDEs, specifically PentaBDE and OctaBDE, which were subsequently phased out by 2005. So why are PBDEs so concerning? PBDEs which are suspected to be endocrine disruptors and neurodevelopmental toxicants, have been used for decades in numerous building materials, interior finishes, and furnishings, including furniture and mattress foams, textiles, plastics, electronics, and many more. PBDEs often get into a person's body through ingestion of contaminated food or inhalation of contaminated household dust. Once ingested or inhaled, PBDEs can bioaccumulate, especially in fat tissues, remaining in the person's body for years. So was the regulated phase-out effective at reducing exposures to PBDEs? Likely yes. Using biomonitoring to assess the effectiveness of the regulated phase-out of PBDEs in California, the Department of Toxic Substances Control examined levels of PentaBDE and OctaBDE in the breast milk of 66 first-time mothers between 2009 and 2012 and compared them to levels from another group of 82 first-time mothers between 2003 and 2005. The biomonitoring measurements demonstrated that the regulated phase-out of PentaBDE and OctaBDE in less than 10 years likely resulted in a 39% decrease in PentaBDE and OctaBDE in the breast milk of first-time mothers in California. Given these findings, biomonitoring provides evidence that regulated phase-outs of chemicals of concern are likely effective at reducing exposures. Although this is encouraging, Vulnerable populations, such as pregnant women and children, are still routinely exposed to chemicals of concern, including flame retardants like PBDEs. The California Department of Toxic Substances Control study determined that despite declining levels, all breastfed babies were still exposed to a variety of PBDEs, and that 30% of them were still exposed to very high levels of a variety of PBDEs. 
Given these findings, biomonitoring demonstrates that more comprehensive regulated phase-outs of all PBDEs and other chemicals of concern are needed to significantly reduce exposures and protect people, especially vulnerable populations such as pregnant women and children. Let's recap the three takeaways that answer the question, how does biomonitoring provide evidence of exposure to chemicals of concern? One, biomonitoring identifies which chemicals of concern people are exposed to. Two, biomonitoring demonstrates that exposure to chemicals of concern is widespread. And three, biomonitoring provides evidence that regulated phase-outs of chemicals of concern likely reduce exposures. Now, watch the next tutorial to learn more.